this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day. Welcome to the Business Mirror BM Broader Look Podcast. Today we podcast the Broader Look story titled Shall We Dance? It's cha-cha time again, but is the Constitution just a fall guy for failure? The story was written by Business Mirror reporters Jovi Marie de la Cruz and Butch Fernandez and was published on February 18, 2021. For the text version online, please go to the Business Mirror website and search for Broder Look. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. As we enter the new decade liberalizing the Philippine economy, By removing constitutional restrictions that have been inhibiting economic growth seems to be the way to go for the House of Representatives. This, after the lower chamber, decided to continue discussions on the proposals amending the economic provisions of the 33-year-old Philippine Constitution. According to House Committee on Constitutional Amendments Chairman Alfredo Garbin Jr., this time around in the plenary, where lawmakers are exercising constituent power to propose amendments to the Constitution, everyone will be given time for their questions to really scrutinize this proposal. Garbin was referring to his controversial stance, disputed by several senators, that his committee's exercise by itself was tantamount to initiating the process of a constituent assembly, one of the means for amending the Charter. As the Philippine economy is among the most impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, lawmakers have claimed amendments to the Constitution are needed now more than ever to open up market opportunities, attract investments, and boost economic activity for the country's recovery. Speaker Lord Alan Velasco has underscored the need to relax the country's investment regulations in order to attract more foreign direct investments or FDIs especially in agriculture and manufacturing sectors. Velasco said more foreign investments would also mean more local jobs for Filipinos for the next several years. The speaker emphasized that agriculture and manufacturing should be major sources of employment, especially for overseas Filipino workers, hundreds of thousands of whom were forced to return home amid the uncertainties brought by the pandemic. Velasco said to lure more foreign investors, the country would need to relax its business regulations to make them friendlier to foreign investments. If resolution of both houses too is passed in 2021, House Committee on Ways and Means Representative Joey Sarte Salceda forecasts that by 2022, there would be an increase in foreign direct investments of 211.21 billion pesos, a 0.55% increase in the country's gross domestic product and the potential generation of more than 420,000 jobs. Over a decade, from 2021 to 2031, Salceda expects an annual average increase of 330.45 billion pesos in foreign direct investments, 1.86% increase in GDP increase, and 660,897 new jobs. Velasco authored resolution of both houses too, seeks to liberalize 
the restrictive economic provisions in the Constitution that prevents the Philippines from becoming fully competitive with its Asian neighbors. The proposal amends several sections of Article 12 on National Patrimony and Economy, Section 4 of Article 14, Education, Science and Technology, Arts, Culture and Sports, and Section 11 of Article 16 on General Provisions to add the phrase, unless otherwise provided by law. The addition of this phrase will allow Congress to enact laws to free up the economy to foreign investors or maintain the status quo, its proponents say. Velasco said Congress is eyeing to present to the public for ratification the amendments to the Constitution's economic provisions alongside the national elections in 2022. In a position paper submitted to the committee, John Forbes, Senior Advisor of the American Chamber of Commerce of the Philippines Incorporated, or AMCHAM, and Joint Foreign Chambers of the Philippines, expressed agreement with changing the economic provisions of the 1987 Constitution. Forbes said, albeit the Philippines has experienced an increase in foreign investments in recent years, it still pales in comparison with its more affluent neighbors in this regard. Forbes is also amenable to removing the restrictions without conditions for investment climate policy reform. This is to permit more capital to flow into the Philippines to increase the rate of gross domestic product growth and employment. Forbes also agrees with 100% foreign ownership of land. Also in a position paper, the Makati Business Club agreed with the lifting of restrictions and or putting lower barriers to trade and investment. The Makati Business Club stated that in a competitive global economy, any buyer should be subject to modification and specific restrictions should be left to the legislature. Nonetheless, the Makati Business Club recommended that these amendments be done by the next leaders who will be elected in 2022. The National Economic and Development Authority, or NEDA, has also recognized the intention of the House of Representatives to amend and future-proof the outdated economic provisions of the 1987 Constitution to make them more responsive to the current and emerging economic conditions. The NEDA has also no objections to departing from constitutional provisions on foreign equity restrictions and leaving such to Congress, supposedly because such will enable the country to quickly step up in order to meet the requisites of modern economies with continuing globalization and industrial revolution and subject to public welfare and national security considerations. However, Attorney Antonio Lavinia, professor in the University of the Philippines College of Law, cautioned the committee on the dangers of liberalizing the economy now because of the prevailing state of affairs where countries lean towards protectionism. Lavinia thinks it's better to wait for the world economy to stabilize. Jose Enrique Africa, executive director of non-government think tank Ibon Foundation Incorporated, also disagreed with any economic provision changes. Africa argues that despite the rise in foreign direct investments, foreign capital has not benefited the people at large. Africa argued that the country's economy only remains afloat because of the cheap labor export and the corresponding remittances received in return. Africa's colleague, Ibon Foundation trustee Rosario Guzman said, 
economic charter change will have zero efficacy for recovery while having huge adverse side effects. Guzman said at the hearing on the resolution of both houses too, economic cha-cha is no vaccine for recovery and development. According to Guzman, the economy's development lies in using the ages of the constitution to gain from foreign investment and not in taking away the protections and giving quote-unquote self-interested foreign investment free reign over the domestic economy. Guzman nonetheless admitted that foreign capital can contribute to development, but they are of the view that responsible government intervention and regulation are more needed to create meaningful linkages and long-term benefits for the economy. Guzman said Ibn's position is to retain the economic provisions as they stand and not to open up the 1987 constitution for any revisions or amendments. For House Economic Recovery Cluster co-chairman and Marquina representative Stella Luz Kimbo, it has become quote-unquote imperative for Congress to revisit and revise the economic provisions in the 1987 constitution that are seen as not having worked to improve the lives of Filipinos. Kimbo said the COVID-19 pandemic has caused substantial economic damage requiring huge infusions in foreign capital in order to return to the country's pre-pandemic growth trajectory. Kimbo said that unless restrictive economic provisions are lifted, the country will miss out on these foreign capital flows. According to Kimbo, amending the highly restrictive economic provisions in the constitution will be instrumental for the recovery and development of the Philippines. These provisions she said have led to substantial economic costs, such as foregone foreign direct investment opportunities, which means foregone income and job creation, that the Philippines should have otherwise been enjoying had it not been for its rigid constitutional prohibitions. Kimbo said she supports the general approach of making these prohibitions subject to regular amendments by Congress through legislation, rather than limiting any revisions to constitutional amendments, which are and politically charged. Citing the OECD, Kimbo said the Philippines has the most restrictive regime for foreign investments in the Association of Southeast Asian Nations or ASEAN. This, Kimbo said, has hampered the country's potential to compete with its neighbors. Citing the International Monetary Fund, Kimbo said that Vietnam is already expected to overtake the Philippines in terms of gross domestic product per capita this year. Apart from their swift COVID response, Vietnam has sustained high economic growth over the years, partly driven by foreign direct investments, Kimbo said. According to Kimbo, data show that Vietnam's foreign direct investments inflows of $16 billion more than doubled the country's $7.7 billion in 2019. For UP School of Economics Professor Emeritus Gerardo Sicat, the restrictive economic provisions on foreign capital have long been blamed for impeding the country's attractiveness to foreign direct investments. This is the time to do it because when will the Philippines do it? Sikat News. When it has a crisis that needs enormous effort by the government to organize itself, Sikat said the Philippines has to lay the foundation for making the constitution more progressive in attacking new reforms that will help the country move forward even better. 
UP School of Economics Professor Emeritus and National Scientist Raul Fabella agreed that the lifting of constitutional limitations will make the Philippines more foreign investment friendly. Who can make the land flourish best should own it, Fabella said. The land should be able to produce as much as it can and citizenship is not a condition, Fabella added. Still, Fabella said, these amendments alone would not result in a tsunami of foreign investments. According to Fabella, other factors to look at include the high cost of power, difficulties of doing business, flawed judicial system, unsettled peace and order, which affect both local and foreign investors. Following a forum on charter change, Bernardo Villegas, an economist and one of the framers of the 1987 Constitution, said the country is poised for dynamic growth in the next decade. Villegas added that the amendments to the restrictive economic provisions will boost the Philippines' profile to foreign direct investors. Villegas cited the country's low agricultural output as a prime example of where foreign direct investments could propel the agricultural sector through much-needed capital and technological inflow. China and the Philippines' Northeast Asian neighbors are struggling with food security, Villegas said. They will need as much food as possible for their people, and Thailand and Vietnam are already taking advantage of this situation, Villegas added. In the same forum, Anthony Abad, a lawyer who specializes in international trade, said that the Constitution rarely includes specific economic provisions such as foreign direct investment. In Abad's view, while a Constitution should provide limits to the powers of government, it should not hinder government's ability to act for the benefit of the country, especially in times of needs, like the pandemic. There is a need to revise the Constitution, Abad said. It is not written in stone to the extent that the Philippines is compromising its ability to alleviate poverty to ensure that everyone is well-fed, Abad added. The capital has to be there. The Philippines cannot do it as a closed system, Abad said. However, lawmakers from the Makabayan bloc questioned the timing of the resumption of the charter change discussion amid the pandemic. Bayan Muna Representative Carlo Isagani Sarate expressed concern that the move to change the charter has a political agenda. This will be a divisive issue, especially 18 months before the elections, and some lawmakers are prioritizing this, Zarate said. Instead of changing the constitution, Zarate said the government should address the country's number one problem, which is corruption and too much bureaucracy. Zarate also warned that the proposed charter change would be very disadvantageous to consumers, national minorities, and national patrimony in general. According to Zarate, areas to be potentially open to full foreign participation and ownership are in the use of land and natural resources, use of marine wealth, control of public utilities, mass media and advertising, and educational institutions, among others. If these amendments get through, Zarate said the country would see public services turned into super-profit generating 100% foreign-owned enterprises, adding that the country would be fully at the mercy of these businesses. Using the pandemic as an excuse, charter change advocates are baiting people with the prospects of more jobs, but at the expense of sovereignty 
and at the expense of having accessible state-run public services, Zarate said. In the end, Zarate said, Filipinos would all suffer from the complete sellout of sovereign rights and resources that this amendment would allow. Zarate said this, plus the smoke-screened political agenda of the administration to extend its influence, anti-people policies, and hold to power beyond June 30, 2022, are completely unacceptable and should be opposed. For his part, Bayan Muna Representative Ferdinand Gaite said the leadership of the chamber can't really say that there will be no term extension unless they actually see that there is really nothing of that sort in any of their proposed amendments. Of course, they will dismiss the term extension issue in this push to amend the constitution, Gaite said. But how could they dispel this concern when they are suddenly rushing this effort as President Duterte's term is nearing its end and doing it too in the middle of a pandemic, Gaite said. Gaite said they would still oppose the charter change if it seeks to remove the pro-Filipino economic aspects of the Constitution. Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.